0: Put this over your father, so you think strong. Put this under your mickeys, so you see your ancestors walking with you. Put this under your yalka, so you always speak the truth. Never be ashamed of who you
1: are. This is Decolonise, a podcast about black sovereignty. A space for us to listen up to our mob, our First Nations voices across our country, and explore what black leadership and decolonise mean. What is black sovereignty? What would it look like? Feel like?
0: You. The same for a of weights, boy, oh
1: what would it mean so for our country, and how do we do it?
0: So our
1: lands everywhere are hurting, and we are being called on urgently to ignite this healing process. Our lands need to be well for our people to be well. Our ancestors are waking us up and we are responding. I'm Jaja Dare, a Oradjuri woman living on First Nations sacred lands, and I'm here to yarn with our mob who want to talk up about decolonise. In our third episode, I'm yarning with Barker, a proud Wimperja Barkanjee, Malyungampa, Nungul powerhouse sister, cutting a fresh voice from Blacktown in New South Wales
0: your
1: go and hang your head in: Hey, Barker, awesome to have you yarning with us here on Decolonise. Um, I can really feel our ancestors here with us today, and I've been feeling them through, through the night, and just want to really acknowledge that we are on our first Nations' sacred lands as we yeah. yarn. Yeah,
2: for sure.
1: So Barker, we've seen you stand and strong since your first release for My Titters, um, which was included in 20 of the most underrated Australian hip-hop tracks. And now we hear you speaking up um, as the world faces such an epic issue of our colonised system with the killing of uh, George Floyd by the police in the US. And this Mm -hmm. has really ignited some fire in our mob here in so-called Australia um, as we continue Mm -hmm. to speak up about Black Lives Matter. And there are over 400 unaccounted black deaths in custody. You know, and it's, uh, it's pretty traumatising for us mob to be listening and seeing all these stories being shared across socials and media. But these intense experiences of racism and oppression need to be voiced. And I know during this time um, you have released Our Lives Matter, a track of your own, and you've also featured on a track with Dobby called I Can't Breathe. And just yes. wanted to know if you want to share your motivation for these tracks with us.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. I guess with um, the way I write, my, my story, my music's all about truth-telling and I guess these um, just because of the pain that we're dealing with, it was just hard to process in my day-to-day life. So I guess, you know, it's re-traumatising us seeing this stuff, including all the racism that's in the comments and all the stuff that's going on. So I put it in these tracks, which helped me, I guess, um, coming from my point of view and also the pain that my people feel because, well, anger and pain is such a hard emotion to deal with at times. So I guess I put my anger into those songs where it's just like, give us res- the respect that we deserve, and stop killing our people. Um Trying to put these tracks together to, like, get them to listen, or understand, to educate. So your people can listen.
1: First came the massacres, then came the mission. Then stole the children, then filled the prison. No wonder our people do not trust the system. Over 400, not one conviction. Shame, no justice. And, um, and it was
2: really great with Dobby, like, um, it was great being on a track with him because he's such a like to me he's a lyrical genius, and the way he painted like the story was just you know the pain that we all feel and just so educated and um it's great to be able to create music for mob to empower us in such hard times.
1: absolutely, yeah. and I think it sort of shows us too you know that you know invasion is it's a structure, it's not like an event that happened, and that this colonisation, it's physical, cultural, psychological, and it just continues to allow this genocide to happen, which I think mm-hmm. seems really invisible still a lot in the yeah. mainstream. And I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, having your tracks out there is helping, as you say, to create this awareness.
0: Bring violence to my mother limb and blame me for it. Then expect me to be silent and been thank you for it. I am thankful. They've been killing my people by the masses. and I'm fed up to the neck. By you right wing fastes. I feel anger when my people feel anger. That's connection. We're angry for a reason, cause our babies need protection. I'm scared to send them out. Cause their colour is a weapon. When we walk through the streets, people somehow
1: feel threatened. And that sort of invisibility of this racism, I think, was so clearly seen in um Peter Gleason's article in the Sunday Telegraph on the 14th of June and I'm just going oh. to read a slight excerpt from that, which was, The reality in this country and the US is that the greatest danger to Aboriginals and Negroes is themselves. And I say that in quote marks. I'm still gobsmacked to read this in the year 2020 and just wondering, yeah. did you want to comment on this?
2: Uh, it's absolutely disgusting. I can't believe that it went ahead and got published. You know, like, it's such backwards, old teachings and old language that you know that is offensive to us and especially using the word I think he didn't put a capital on aboriginals and he also said the word Negroes. and I thought it's just disgusting and the ways like we're a danger to ourselves and it's like the ignorance is so bliss but these people are in a position of power and they're dangerous and I'm still shocked even thinking about it. Like um, when I first seen it, I was like, "Is this for real?" Like, I guess it um reassures us what we're fighting for.
0: Said, I can't breathe. Said, I can't breathe. Come on, man! You, you, y'all know what time it is. That's why you' out here.
2: Well, I really appreciate you giving your perspective, mate, because people in Australia don't have the understanding of
0: this,
1: the history of police coins. And just putting the spin on that then, you know, like looking at the state of our system, um, what does black sovereignty mean for you? Um,
2: but we're, we're, the, um, we're in power of our own nation. So sovereignty to me would to be getting, not just like um like my bartending people, they got native title. But for it to mean that we can manage our own affairs, you know, hand it over, let us run our own economy in our own right. It's a hard one because it's it's hard being like it's hard living in two worlds as a black fella because we have to deal with being under the crown and seeing that union jack in our flag which is a you know, it's re traumatizing us as, you know, the racist colony that we're built on. So to me sovereignty would just be for us to just manage our own affairs if they're not going to fix it but i haven't um I haven't really got the chance to really think what sovereignty looks like it's a hard question
1: <laughs> It's a really hard question because there's so many layers of colonization on us now it is yeah challenging to see, and also that we need to move forward you know like so we we know we can't go back to our ancestors' ways as they were because too much has happened, yeah. and so it is how do we how do we find that sovereignty in ourselves and, and are there enough non-Indigenous brothers and sisters willing to walk with us to create this space?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it is It is really hard because when I thought about going back, like if, even if we wanted to go back on country, like on Ibarka on, on the river there, the Darling River, they're sucking it dry with mining, cotton farming, the river water's like it's not fresh, it's poison now and... Uh, animals, our native animals are filled with worms now and other diseases from, you know, colonisation and, you know, and introduced other animals and stuff. So it's really hard for, you know, when they say, go back and live on the bush, it's like, well, we kind of would if you weren't frigging up our countryside Definitely. and mining it and ripping it apart. you feel helpless. Mm-hmm. But um, as for me, I guess sovereignty within myself would be that, I follow my law, you know my woman's law, and my culture. For me, is that I'm black every single day. Doesn't matter where where they see us when we're painted up. Oh, we're big, we're cultural. Like I wear my ochre on the inside of me. I wear um, my culture on the inside of me, and that that's my morals. That's what gives me my morals is that community, that connection. So for me, as a sovereign woman, I'm black every day, and that gives me my power.
1: Yeah, and we hear that powerful message in your track, For My Tidders, you know, about the strength and resilience of our First Nations mothers, grandmothers, aunties, sisters. And and I think, yeah, it's really time for people to listen up to our, to our black women speak.
0: Stand strong like your matriarchy And i aim higher than the stars can reach You ain't got to act different when it comes to me I believe in your sister, take a walk with me
1: Yeah, just speaking about that, that I can feel in you right now. You know, did you want to share with us a bit about what black matriarchy means for you or, you know, maybe what its role could be in this decolonisation process?
2: The black matriarchy just, um, it means everything to me. Like, from a young child, like, I grew up in a single mother household and to me all I've seen was strong black women. And just even when we're down, we still like black women still hold their families together they still make things happen regardless and there's no i feel like there's no force stronger you know how we believe in mother earth i can see why our creator and our maker is a woman because of black women and for me to decolonize would be to um learn now i'm recently starting to learn bits and pieces of my language And I feel like that's the process of decolonising, taking up space, being strong, eating better, a big part of decolonising too.
1: Yeah, because I guess it's keeping us connected, isn't it, to country. Like even when you say something that sounds simple like eating better, but eating better is, you know, us knowing our our foods and our medicines and keeping that connection to Mother Earth.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because all this process crap like this, these are things, like, that were introduced that are killing us and, they, you know, this is what, like, um, you know, how they were with smallpox and the common flu and all these things and foods that are giving us heart disease and these are sort of things that are killing us without even being aware of it, I guess.
1: Totally. I often say that. The three white fellow poisons, you know, alcohol, tobacco and sugar.
2: Yeah. No, sobriety is. Also decolonizing which I think I'm coming up to. I'll be four, four years sober in October. So.
1: Wow, awesome, yeah. fam! That's so so <laughs> beautiful to hear. Strong.
2: No, it's been great. Um, the gifts of like, um, you know, you see our people that are caught up in these things, and um, you know that like that um, pro- proverb that our, uh, you know, our ancestors didn't fight for us to throw away our lives to drugs and alcohol, and it's it's so true and You know, you just want to set your people uplifted. And even through my sobriety, I've seen, like, I've had people come up to me and say, oh, sis, you know, you've inspired me to get clean. And it's just that domino effect of breaking cycles and um, showing that there's so many gifts that we can receive, like, from the earth and through, through energies that if we get clean and we start going back to culture, that life is so much better where we find our peace.
1: Absolutely. And this is the healing, you know? I think that healing that you've been doing inside yourself is reflected in, in the land. Do you know Evie, our, our lands yes. and our ancestors feel that coming through? Yes You're listening to Decolonize," a podcast about black sovereignty. Decolonize is about the well-being of everyone. Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and non-indigenous. We all need to take part. It's time to decolonise, time to unsettle the settler, time for our internal revolution.
0: Nay, I'm a proud Malimgampa Bakanji Nunku. I'm a proud Namaka to my friend Nampa Murapanara. I pay respects to my creator Nachi, my Noralis and my Namaka. This is our Namaka, kira kira. I say nata to assimilation.
1: And I heard you... Um Speak about learning some of your Barkindji language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm really aware that you know, language and culture was beaten out of our elders and our ancestors. But I forget sometimes that this is not necessarily like common knowledge in the mainstream. Yeah. And it pains me deeply because you know, our language, our languages connect us so deeply to the land. Like, they're so powerful. And yeah, for sure. I don't. Yeah, sometimes. I like to yarn about that with people because I know when I travel through different countries in the desert, I'm I'm really aware that I'm entering another mob's country and sometimes yep. the most distinct thing is, is language, you know, and, yep. and also in these communities like English is, you know, often a second, third, fourth or sometimes even fifth language and, yep. yeah, I, I really feel like that power really permeates with me, within me. You know, that's a really deep recognition of the country I'm walking on and I just wanted to say I think that, you know, when we're talking about decolonise, you being able to do that is really powerful. And wondering, you know, did you want to say any more about how that feels in your body or how that feels in yourself to be learning?
2: It feels amazing because when my mother is a part of the Stolen Generation and she used to speak... She has memories where she used to speak in lingo and they used to, like, hit her and get physical with her. And I remember her telling me stories about my nannas sitting in the room and they'd speak speak language, but they would only go in the room and sit with each other and speak it, but they were so afraid to speak it or teach the children to speak it because of the violence that was portrayed on them when they'd speak their mother tongue. And... When I speak my language I feel like I feel the wrath of all my ancestors with me. Um and I feel like I get really um emotional like when I do speak it because it's like these tingles go through my body and and it's like crazy to say like it sounds crazy but it feels like magic when you're speaking your language. You feel like you're saying to your ancestors that it's okay now we're reclaiming and I'm you know I'm sorry for what happened to you but we're taking this back and we're so proud of you then um it, it is really powerful because my grandfather my great-grandfather Laurie Quayle he was the last Malium Gumpers speaker so it's hard for me to learn my actual clan's language because that's been wiped out so I go to my nation's language, which is Barkindji. And it just means a lot. And even um, my mum was telling me a story about one of my uncles. He used to say to her, when you go to the river, you say, Nachi, Nachi, it's me, before you go fishing. So that they know that it's a Barkindji person taking, or, you know, um, Wimpencha, which is First Nations, you know, taking from... The river to feed their families. so you say Nachi Nachi, which means rainbow serpent in our language. So you name the river that because how the rainbow serpent carved out all the land and it's it's powerful, like um I just feel really I feel like a strong black woman <laughs> mm. when I'm speaking language. Yeah. And I feel like a force, you know, just a strong force in me. So
0: no, it's beautiful. My people rose from the Tunga, we keep that Kanuka burning inside of us. I am Wartu, this is my opera. Kandinya before colonisation, I come from the Maranti and go back into the Maranti. Malimgamba Barkindji is everything I am. How dare they try and take my wimper chair and my culture from me.
2: There's something about our language
1: that just sounds so magic, eh? Absolutely. And I was just going to say, yeah, you you are, you're a powerhouse. I feel your force. And um, I recently saw where you said that you're a product of a system that you were born to destroy. And that really hit me. Like, I feel that in my body and I feel that in you. And I mean, destroy is a big word, but I feel like what we're talking about, this is how we do it. Do you know, this is, this is our power. This is us taking back our sovereignty
2: yeah, for me, destroy is just dismantle and, yeah, decolonise as well.
1: Yeah, because it's pretty, you know, I know myself, I go through waves, you know, like, can we really shift this system, you know, this colonisation that's so deeply imprinted on our country? Um, But I think Mm. these are the things that we need to keep tapping into when, you know, we're watching at the moment, you know, fires, floods, we're in the Covid pandemic, you know, like I feel like mother is talking pretty loud. You know, she's yeah. she's she's with us. I think.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. You can feel it. Like um, she's angry. <laughs> like when I've seen the fires, I just thought she's just so pissed off with what they're doing to her. And it just goes to show, like the fires they'll dry the earth, or is them sucking the artesian water from you know the bases of our land and just sucking it completely dry that there was no moisture to even grasp onto to calm them fires down and we felt her like how hey, you said like she is like powerful and we we definitely have been feeling her wrath.
1: And I just yeah. want to come back, uh, yeah, I know that you're a, a mother yourself and I just yeah. wanted to come back to, to the recent track that you feature on with Dobby, I Can't Breathe and in part of your verse, you say, We're angry for a reason, because our babies need protecting. I'm scared to send yeah. them out because their colour is a weapon. When they walk in the streets, people somehow feel threatened. I mean, that really, I really feel that for our, our children to be so unsafe out there under this colonised state. And I just, as a mother, I was just wondering if you wanted to share anything more about this verse and, and these words.
2: Oh, for sure. Like I'm, like we live in a neighbourhood where I grew up in, and I was faced with racism a lot, and I'd cop this from adults, and then they'd they'd pass that down to their children, and you know, and it does something to your identity when you're growing up. Like, you question yourself, and you feel like because you, you know kids are so impressionable. Like, why do people hate me? Like, you know, I wish they just liked me, and you just want to be liked when you're a child you know, you're still finding yourself, and I guess for me, I'm just trying to embed so much culture in, you know, like, because it takes a tribe, a village to raise children, so me and my family have just been embedding culture into my, like, into the kids, and I am scared, like, I don't want them playing outside because I want them, I don't mind, I love them going to school, because they're going to a great school now that's really culturally great, like, they're really um, understanding, and do a lot, but just the neighbourhood, because I remember when my kids were playing outside and this guy was riding through on his bike and he's there going, where's your boomerangs? Where's your boomerangs? To my kids. And he called them little, the A word. That, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And um, they come running inside and they're like, this man, you know, and I come running out and <laughs> grabbed a big stick and I'm like, what'd you say to my kids? And he put his head down and it's like, so... There's adults out there that will racially abuse children and I'm just sick of it. Like, I don't want my kids to go through it. And if I have to get my back up and get angry, to you know, like, I have to, like, you get, um, as a black mother, you're just so overprotective of your children because it hurts to see your babies hurt and it hurts to see them say, you know, why don't people like us? Or, you know, my daughter even plays this game called Roblox at one stage she was making a white character because the kids on Roblox wouldn't play with her as a black character and i was just like wow just the impression that society makes little black children feel is quite disgusting and i said to her you just you be a little black girl on there and you just be yourself if, you know so we've kind of limited her time on it and we deleted tiktok and stuff because there's just too much too much going on where it's tearing down our people for nothing, you know.
1: Absolutely. And it kind of brings us full circle too to what we're talking about with the extent of racism and the invisibility of it in mainstream. Yes,
2: yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. And I am, I just really want to acknowledge that, you know, it, it is heartbreaking even just listening to you, knowing that's what our children are facing. You know, it's yeah, it's pretty sad, but this is why we're why we're speaking up and why, you know, our media matters and why, why it's important for our voices to be heard. And just talking about, like, moving forward, is there anything else, you know, that you feel like you want to share with both our mob and our non-Indigenous brothers and sisters that are sort of with us about how do we walk together from here?
0: Um,
2: to my brothers and my sisters and, and to all my people, know that how beautiful we are as a people that we got each other regardless no matter what we go through we still got our community and we stand with each other and to my non-indigenous allies and to non-indigenous people who are still learning just keep listening learning research because we become tired of explaining ourselves over and over and over again and there's a lot out there where you can listen to podcasts like yours and teachings and on SBS and NITV there's so much to learn without having to ask us because it becomes draining. I guess when we're fighting like when we're protesting and standing up against this government we're not just fighting for ourselves we benefit a whole nation when we fight for these things like when we protested black deaths in custody those things went across the board in prison so getting rid of hanging points and getting rid of the strings in your jacket Those things went across the board to protect everybody. So when we fight for these things, we're making it not just, we don't want it just to be, which we do because we deserve it. We, We want it to be a better nation for us, but it makes it a better nation for all of us. And I think the easy steps forward, like brother Ziggy said, Ziggy Ramos said was get rid of the flag, get rid of the union, like, Become an independent, which would be a great step forward, because the Queen is the biggest dull blood jum <laughs> out there. Get rid of the anthem because we're sick of hearing that racist old anthem, and change the date or abolish it. Just um, stand with us, like how Dobby said. Come and stand with your black fellow friends. Come and fight with your black fellow friends, and yeah,
1: Absolutely. And even when you're talking yeah. about changing everything, I, I saw that um, changing the signs, the Alice Springs, oh, Guata, yeah, and the hermansburg change to Indaria. And it was like, I've often said that, you know, there's a lot of subliminal things we could be doing. Like if we went around and changed every sign in this country to be connected to the yeah. land it's on and the language from that land, that in itself changes people's subliminal values even, you know, there's there's an awareness that's created.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. No, it's, that was beautiful. I had one comment on my Instagram. Oh, we shouldn't promote vandalism and it's like, well, I think renaming things that were already named is vandalism in itself, like <laughs> and putting your Captain Cook statues up and racist statues, that's vandalism on our land too, so.
1: Yeah, and that's that sort of, that invisibility that's still so apparent isn't it but I guess every time we're talking up every time we're being seen you know these messages are getting out there
2: yeah no it's um, it's powerful truth will set us free and um, I just see the movement getting bigger and stronger and more people are jumping on board and more people are turning up to protest to stand with us and Yarbon has been great on um, survival day which like it just keeps growing and growing and Becoming more massive, and it's been a real movement that's been passed down to us. Like that, the flame that our elders and ancestors have passed down to us, we still keep that fire burning.
1: Absolutely, I can feel it. My body's tingling right now, and I can feel you. And yeah, thanks for yarning with us today. And stay strong, sister. You really are a powerhouse warrior for our people. And uh, full Thank respect. You you've been listening to Decolonize, a podcast about black sovereignty epic thanks to Barker for her passion and inspiration this episode of Decolonize was made on First Nations sacred lands I acknowledge and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and to my grandmother Martha Hamlin the host and creator of Decolonize is me Jar Dare. producer is Megan Spencer Music by Barker for my titters and Dobby featuring Barker, I Can't Breathe. For full credits and more info, head to decolonize.com.au or follow us on Insta. Join us for the next episode of Decolonise. If you like what you've heard, share it with your community and rate us on your podcast platform to help others join the conversation.